we were just discussing the new Star Wars poster. Oh, I like it. Because uh, there's a little character on it that I don't know anything about. No, I think I know which one you mean. I don't. The little goggle yeah. wearing chappy in with the droids. And like, I'm like, you are more worth a poster space than Luke Skywalker. And we don't know anything about you. Uh, it's, um, oh, well, I, I think we should save this for actual show. I accidentally passed Well, we're recording. Are, are you? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, I noticed. It uh, is very much um, uh, missing. I accidentally passed 10,000 posts on Tumblr without realising it. My bad. Oops. Yeah. Tumblr uh, uh, addict. Uh, I don't know if it's because they're trying to hold something back about him, perhaps. I don't know. What, the little character? Or I meant Luke. Luke not being there. I mean, Luke not being there, fine. Maybe he's not a big deal in the movie. But this character is more important than Luke. That's the thing that gets me. <laughs> little goggle wearer. What little goggle oh. wearing alien. Yeah, just between the droids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at that little guy. Maybe Luke won't feature too heavily like until like the closing parts of the movie. Then I don't know. He's not there, man. Luke's not there. Oh. However, what is noticeable is the massive space station thing behind them. Is that Carrie Fisher? The planet killer. Not oh. the space it's station. It's a moon. Fisher? Yeah, that's Carrie Fisher. I'm okay with this. Um, it's just a moon. She doesn't look happy to be there. I'm okay with there only being one white guy on the poster. Well, she. Well, there's no, two. How... If, oh, you, no, if, you, no. if you consider... If you consider what's underneath Kylo Ren's mask... What is underneath Kylo Ren's mask? His face. Have we seen that yet? Yes. Whose face? Or their face? Yes, we have. Have we? Yeah, yeah, you've seen Kylo Ren without his mask. When? He's played by, um... Oh. Oh, we know what the actor looks like, but have we seen the character Kylo Ren without the mask? I'm pretty sure I saw a picture with him without without the mask. Because by that logic, you know, Chewie. Yeah, because under the mask... (laughs) Juby <laughs> is a white guy. Yes, and uh, I'm saying, uh, no, I, sure, I, I, I've seen it, a pit, and he's like he's holding his lightsaber, so it looks like an actual shot from the film. I don't know, maybe not. Are those are those stormtroopers on like the light side side of the poster? There is just stormtroopers on either side. There are. I I think they're just like the the bottom margin okay, of fair. the poster. I'm reading way too much into this. Also, is that? I think you are. Okay, I was looking at that stick. Because otherwise, you're saying that BB-8 is on the dark side, and so is Poe Dameron, and so is R2. Hey, R2's got some fucking issues that he's dealing with in the form of PTSD, because he's the only motherfucker that remembers the entire thing. Wait, isn't he? Yeah, he is. They say they wiped him, but he remembers everything. No, they only said wipe the protocol droids memory, so... Which means R2-D2 is basically a prick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he doesn't tell anyone anything. I know this has been covered before in many different comedic mediums, but it still doesn't change the fact that that little bastard, he could have saved so much trouble. Yep. So anyway, the planet killer. It's all according to his plan. But yes, giant planet killer. Is that what it's called? Uh, it's how it's being referred to. Mm. Uh, everywhere I see it referred to, they're calling it the planet killer. No, I- so it's a death star. So the Vorlons are going to get it all up in there and sue that shit. Yeah, they had a planet killer. The Vorlons? Yeah, Babylon 5. Oh, uh, yeah, they had a planet killer. It looked killer. like a giant Oreo. Nice. 
I'll tell you what, I'm disappointed that they put the new X-Wings on there, but not Poe Dameron's X-Wing. Yeah, it looks slightly different, doesn't it? What's it's black? It, well, it's, it's black. black. Poe Dameron is, the, is that guy there. Oh. Bad radio, but he's essentially the guy who featured in all the publicity is like in the flight suit. Um, yeah, he, he looks and to be like... it's the... very notable that even in the toys, you know, that you can buy the regular sort of Resistance X-Wing, but you yeah. can also buy Poe Dameron's X-Wing. Yeah. It's a character in and of itself. Yeah. And I, I think what they're doing is they've looked at the the X-Wing fights in the classic Star Wars and gone, you can't tell which one's which. So they've given him one that you can ID. So in all the dogfights, you'll know where the hero is. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty smart without, move. Apart from him being in space. Without having to cut to which the, is the also in, the Which is also black. See, the problem with space is your average bit of space. Yeah. Yeah, okay, we know what we're doing here. I don't. Okay. Okay. Right. Um but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um uh you know, I I I just want to wait and see with this. I don't think I think they might have done something quite clever and hidden something from us. I think well, for example, that character with the goggles. Well, all, yeah, but like I think also I don't I don't think that character is going to be too important personally. I don't think the, I, I think it's cool that it's on there, but I, I I don't know. Maybe it'll be like a like a secondary character, like or a tertiary character. I'm just gonna look up the Phantom Menace poster and see who was on that, just so we can try and base from that. Yeah, yeah. like because you can see like in the Phantom Menace. Why are you picking the Phantom Menace one? Right, because I have to keep my. <laughs> do you remember what my role is on World One Stage One? Reminding us the Phantom or Jar Jar's on it, so that's a, an immediate fuck you. Yeah, but he was a significant character in the plot. Yeah, that's true. It's quite—I uh, don't know. Most of the posters taken up by Maul, who, let's be honest, was not a fairly significant character in that plot. Not <laughs> I, he killed Qui Gon. That was pretty significant. No, it wasn't because Qui Gon Jinn didn't do any. Qui Gon Jinn wasn't significant at all. That was a blip. Nothing <laughs> mattered because of that. <laughs> Nothing mattered at all. An entire film. Why are we? How has this turned into prequel again? This has to stop. <laughs> this is my role in World One Stage One. Is I am the guy that has to remind you that this oh. happened and that people were excited and happy that the Phantom Menace was going to happen. Right, right. I can't I wait remember. to have seen this film. Right. I can't wait to. Watch, then, looking, then I'll be relieved. I'm looking forward to it being good. It'll be over. But my job is to remind you that it could be bad. I know, and we've discussed this, and I appreciate you looking out for me like that. I'm, uh, I'm here for your mental oh, well-being. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness, me. Anyway, like, anyway, as I say, back to back to what we're talking about. Because we are I just mean, doing reviews of visual stimuli right now. Yeah, which absolutely. Is not really. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's. I, I think. Huh? Django Fett is like the central figure on the Attack of the Clones poster. I'm still not even convinced some of their names are what they're saying they are. Are you suggesting that that uh, Abrams might lie about a character's name? Exactly. Like, there's a lot about this. That <laughs> oh no! I think it's because I mean I'm I'm almost certain that they've done that in the same way that you know Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker, but you didn't know that until much later in. Spoilers, by the way, if you haven't seen the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Well. Um, so oh. I'm almost certain that some of their given names aren't you know. The only name they go by. Mm. Yeah, but it's 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 exciting. Finn, Finn is one of them, isn't he? So, hmm. I think, um, yeah, it's it's it is incredibly exciting. Uh, there's still a lot that I'm like, hmm, about that's interesting. 
looking forward to seeing what's going on there. But um, there's the new teasers that were out as well today. I've not seen any of them. Looking forward to seeing how many Beastie Boys references JJ can squeeze into this film. Explain. <laughs> well, he's already squeezed in a few. No. I, have you not seen no. this? One of the rebel pilots yeah. is called Elo Asti. <laughs> Uh, which, if you add an H and an N on the front of the words, becomes Hello Nasty. And he has alien lettering on his helmet, sort of in the Vietnam War guys doodling on their helmets kind of way, that translates to Born to Ill. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I mean, there's also the fact that the Beastie Boys had eight studio albums, the BB-8. Oh, fuck. Abrams loves putting Beastie Boys references into movies, guys. Stop making me find ways to sort of connect with J.J. Abrams. I need to remind myself that he is a terrible shitbag. Look, whilst the Beastie Boys are good, (laughs) shoehorning them into uh, film franchises is not always good. Remember Kirk listening to Sabotage in a stolen car at the start of the Star Trek movie? All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I nearly I nearly punched Rob. He was the only thing to hand. <laughs> Why are you gonna punch me? You were the only thing to hand. I can't punch yeah, you said the only thing, not the only person. <laughs> I'm sure I'm the only person. I'm not a thing, Jack. Jack uh, by me. Punch oh the table. God. Oh, no, because that will fuck up the recording and possibly spill tea everywhere. Punch the floor. Oh Ow! <laughs> Right, that seems like a good place to begin. <laughs> I think show. we should begin I because punch... I'm all, I'm all, I'm everywhere. I don't know what's going on. I punch you because I can't punch Abrams. Fair. Much like how I can't punch like my my fatness. Shut up! I can't punch. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, this is a problem. We're going to get into an argument, which once again, based on visual stimuli, <laughs> I can't fucking prove. <laughs> I'll say Jack's not fat, and the listeners will go, "Well, we don't fucking know." Uh, <laughs> and yeah. This is great. Wait, which 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 angle of World One Stage One is going to be having a pizza delivered shortly? That's me. Th- this 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 table. That's me. Yeah, but that's this table is what I mean. A uh, what? You're. What? I'm not having any of your pizza. Okay. No, don't worry. Okay, I, I got suddenly very defensive. Yeah. I am very much looking forward to that pizza. It would be like the time we played Cards Against Humanity and stupidly recorded it. We didn't record it, and that never happened. Oh, we did record. No, it. that never happened. Speaking of which, World One Stage One. And welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Simon, and joining me as ever are Rob. Oh, that's different. You're shaking it up. Are you going to say hello to everyone? Uh, I don't know if he should. Uh, I don't know. This is weird. Hi. <laughs> Jack. Yo. And Irish. Hello. Did you do, you did that on purpose? Yes. Of course you did it on purpose. Why did you do that on purpose? Because you that... complained so much about going last. No, I didn't. I didn't complain about going last. No, I, I was happy going last. Oh right, I but it kept, just kept changing because sometimes I was being put on third place, and I was like, no, no, no. It doesn't matter. It's okay. It doesn't. 
I'm not even on the Facebook group though. I want to point that out. <laughs> There's yeah. the banner. It's hosted by Simon, Jack, and Irish. That hasn't been updated no, in a while. I'll get, I'll get Jenna on that. You, you said that a couple of weeks ago. Really? Uh, well, she's, Irish she's been... <laughs> Admittedly, we've been... Well, well, she's been in hospital since then, so... Oh, no. True. Yeah. Not saying it's your fault or anything, <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> but it's, it's an odd coincidence. What's oh, that oh. I hear? Ratatat tatting upon my chamber door. It's pizza. It's pizza. Oh, God, it's pizza. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> Quote the raven. It's pizza. <laughs> you know what? No one knocked on my bloody door today. I'm expecting a delivery for a steam controller. I still and wait. You can't eat that. Parcel force keep putting in the tracking info. Not delivered. Consignee not in. And I'm sitting here at looking home. at that going, I, I am. I'm right here. <laughs> so that's been annoying me. I, I can imagine that would do, yeah. But it'll turn up eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, like, I'm right. I'm right here. And then I will I play all see, of the Skull Girls. I can see you outside the window. <laughs> I can't see them outside the window. If I could, I'd have run out there and grabbed my bloody controller and then drop kick them. Possibly not. And then drop kick them. I'm not you. Ah. <laughs> that is why you fail, thankfully. <laughs> like the quote. That's all right. That's good. Yeah. I've, I've taken a break from trying to quote the prequel trilogy as often as I can around you. That's. <laughs> you might have to live with. I say live with. You don't live with me. Uh, well, you don't live with me yet. Not that you know of. Oh, is that yet? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. We'd have a house of fun. We would house, have a house. We would has. <laughs> we would have a house of living. Disaster. Like, yeah. It would be it would be like living with Pat Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling you Pat Sharp. I'm saying the, the combining of both of us in a living space a would new... turn it into a funhouse. Everyone oh! who, would, who would arrive. Oh, 90s Pat Sharp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought I'm meant... not talking about crack sniffing, <laughs> DJing in a, like, a nightclub's <laughs> toilet on his own, Pat Sharp. I will have you know, <laughs> Pat Sharp has DJed at SFX Weekender sci-fi convention. I've, I've seen Pat Sharp DJ as it, well. It he camp- DJed in a cathedral. I'm not sure if he was allowed, <laughs> but uh, he did it. He did it anyway. In a pub in Canberra Sands in North Wales for the SFX sci-fi convention weekend. That so sounds they, that sounds awesome. What was there? Uh apart from Pat Sharp. Pat Sharp and and both Hollies from Red Dwarf. Huh. And one of the Doctor Who's. I can't remember which one. It was probably McCoy. Sylvester McCoy, McCoy or Colin Baker. Let's be honest guys. And and I forget what his name is. Who who was who was the first Holly? Uh that was Norman Lovett. Norman Lovett did a stand-up comedy routine. Was it good? No. Oh. Which is a shame. <laughs> That is a which, shame because which, which sounds perfect for Holly. And there were like it does just, a little bit. Yeah, and there were loads and loads and loads. Mostly he just he just talked about not be he mostly just talked about being confused as to why more people didn't like Lana Del Rey. I don't know what Lana Del Rey is. Hmm. Uh, They're making more Red Dwarf. Are they? Even more. Yes. Two more seasons. This depresses me. <sighs> Maybe it'll be good this time. That's it, a good. It won't. Where do you consider you should watch up to with Red Dwarf? Season six. Six. I forget. I haven't watched Red Dwarf. It's been a long time for me as well, admittedly. If six is the one I think it is, then yes, I agree. Uh, Season six, uh, let me just remind myself. It's where it started to get weak, but before it completely lost it. 
is is sort of my take on it. So um, it's like the passable one before the end. Yeah, season six is the one uh, on Starbug with Sirens, Legion, Gunman of the Apocalypse, Rimmer World. So it has some really good episodes. The sort of Lost in Space-esque series. Yeah, but it's also got Polymorph 2, which I think is rubbish because don't try and do that one again. Yeah. But it's before they went into full-on Ouroboros, Lister, kickstarting the universe, duct soup, um, and that kind of level of stuff, which I, it was not good. Fair enough. And then, of course, do not, under any circumstances, watch Back to Earth. Is that the, the sort of the, the big comeback? That's the, the three-part miniseries Blade Runner homage, which is awful. Ah. Uh. Then again, later on, they did show up in Coronation Street, so, you know. Is that is that really worthy of the sort of weighing out hand gesture? They, that they, that they, was the they, joke, was they that Craig Charles is in Coronation Street, so they they went to Coronation Street in Back to Earth, and that was the joke. He's an actor, he has different roles. Yeah. It's It's funny when you think about it in a sort of... No, too no, actually, I can't. It's, it's, I can't. It's, it's no more stupid than the original ending to Birdman. The original ending to Birdman. Tell me, I'm interested. I love Birdman. The, the original ending to Birdman. No, is go on. That, like I forget who it is, but someone's having a conversation with Johnny Depp. Really? And then uh, he leaves, and then it's just Johnny Depp in the room with a big poster of Captain Jack Sparrow, who, who then like the poster turns and looks at him and says, "What the fuck are we doing here, mate?" But that's a ama- that actually that would work given Birdman as a film. But, That's really cool. I'm glad it didn't end that way. Yeah. But I would love that, that to have been a scene in it, because that would have totally fitted. Those who have seen Birdman would probably understand. A, a movie, if you have not, a go movie, and watch it. A movie better man being trapped in a role. And, yeah, um, yeah. It's really cool. Really, Although really cool. Although that does remind me of a wonderful fan theory I heard on how the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise should end. Go on. Jeez, well, it shouldn't. The franchise is about Captain Jack Sparrow trying to find a way to live forever. Mm-hmm. So let's say he succeeds, and then we see a montage of him getting up to nonsense all through history, including in in much later history pitching a ride to Disney, <laughs> uh, and then writing a movie, and then turning up at the audition, and sitting down as Johnny Depp out of costume. Now you've seen him slowly morph over the years from Jack <laughs> to Johnny, sitting down. And they go, right, you're here to read for Jack Sparrow. Oh, there you'll find there's a captain in there, love. <laughs> and just that's where it ends. That's perfect. <laughs> I would I would take that. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like that Superman comic where it turns out that Lex Luke Oh, I don't know if I should say it now. I'm gonna say it. I can't remember the name of the comic, so I just have to read and guess. But <laughs> there's a really cool Superman comic where Lex Luthor basically commits himself finally one last time to killing Superman. That's a lot of them. But actually succeeds. Okay. Um, and then it's sort of an entire comic just around Lex Luthor's life and how it deteriorates because of the lack of Superman in his life, tr- trying to make him like be better. Um, to the point where it actually turns out that the L from LexCorp suddenly becomes um, incorporated into like this galactic family like way in the future that then goes on to be like the L line, like Jor-El, Kal-El, 
and thus Lex Luthor's uh, genealogy is actually slightly linked to Superman in some way, and he created him. It's very cool. I'm very confused. Time travel. <laughs> Superman. Superman. Paradox, man. Ah. Oh. Paradox, man. Oh, it's called Doctor Who. Oh. Doctor There's a new season Brigham of that. Who. I watched and an episode. It's going rather well. I watched an episode of Doctor Who the other day. Yeah, which one? Uh, the one with the Vikings and Maisie Williams. Yeah. That was the, mo- that was that the, one was the most the recent episode. It was. I watched it, it on Saturday. I thought it was a very good episode. I thought it was good. I don't think it, I don't think it's been as strong as the others. It, but it, the others have been incredibly strong, so that's probably not fair. It, it, like, it didn't really register with me. I've still not watched it. Oh. I think the girl who died, which is the episode in question, uh, resonates more if you've followed the Doctor for the last few years. Yeah, because it was true. definitely reaching back into his character development. I'm glad they've sort of explained, or not explained, but they sort of touched on the fact that, hey, it's Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. He's already yes. been here. Hmm. Oh, no, they they were going to do that from day one. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah, always going to do that. I was wondering why it's going to crop up. But, um, yeah, I think overall, let's talk about, I don't think we should give too, go into it in too great a detail, because I would like to do an episode once the series is finished. That would be a good time to do our new Who episode. Yeah, I would really like that. So then we can we can just do like, um, you know, we'll catch up from where we left off. Uh, we won't take as long about it this time. Uh, and we can talk about <laughs> we might. The, we can talk about the entire series then. But briefly, it's been really cool. It's been structured structured in a very classic way. This this series it seems like every every story comes in like two parts now. Now, obviously, classic, that was like four parts, maybe even six parts, but it has that feeling of like continual sort of storytelling in a way, rather than yes, just being... small serials big. rather than trying to do a series arc. Yeah, but which I... But, mm, but is there is there going to be a series arc, though? Because I think I've... Mm. There might be, but if there is, what I'm saying is they're playing it a lot more subtly than they have in the past. Bad wolf, bad wolf, bad wolf. Bad wolf, bad wolf, bad wolf. Torchwood, 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 torchwood. Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're fine. Okay. Sort of. About the crack. Vote Saxon! Yeah, vote Saxon! Fuck you guys. Basically, throughout all, like, the early seasons of Doctor Who when it came back, there's always... The written to stuff. Yeah, there's always stuff written down or, or mentioned that basically is, like, hinting at, like, what the, the final thing's going to be. Really uh, heavy-handed hinting. Yeah, yeah. And they, it's, it's steadily dying out to the point in this season where it's basically undetectable to the undetectable. And it, it wasn't just RTD. Silence will fall. No, no, I'm not saying it wasn't. No, of course, silence will fall. And um... I saw someone uh, trying to defend RTD's writing the other day by using that episode with Peter Kay in it. What the? Oh, what? No, that's that one. That's the episode I always go to to prove that he was awful. Exactly. And I was like, (laughs) I wanted to, I wanted to just sort of say something to it, but then I was like, you know what? You know what? You fucking dweebs can have your war, and I'm gonna step back here because <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even equipped to talk about this. <laughs> so we we will we will talk about Doctor Who, but I, I think it'll be way better when we can talk about the entire series, you know. Um, yes. But it's right really now strong. we could talk about something else. That's true. We can talk about something else. I, I could it's... say, has anyone been to the cinema? <gasps> yes. No. Yes. 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 And what did you see, Jack? I saw Matt Damon 
Matt Damon. <laughs> you went to see it? I went to see the Matt Damon. Okay. I also went to see the Matt Damon. I really enjoyed it. I saw the Matt Damon. I meh, didn't really enjoy it. Well, I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was good. I just didn't think it was as good as I thought it was going to be, and I was, I was it was a shame for me. That's fair enough. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was incredibly watchable, incredibly fun, and it's just a shame that some of the very fundamental scientific principles that make the film work are awful. See, this is what I've been looking forward to, because uh, there are reasons why I don't like this film. None of them, are, however, are to do with the, the things that you've just uh, hinted at, because uh, my science knowledge around this particular area, pretty vague, okay? But there were elements about this as a film, which is the, people that pe- the thing that people stick up for it about, I think fundamentally ruined it for me. But let's do the science first, please. Okay, yeah, we can do the science first. Um, I mean, this is coming from someone who enjoys franchises where a madman in a box with a magic wand travels through space and time and fixes things, <laughs> and people with laser swords uh, travel through the galaxy having psychic mind fights. So I enjoyed the film because I just let the science go. Sure. Because sometimes science fiction is a bit fantastical. Yeah. <clears throat> the trouble is... It hits a little harder with The Martian because it's desperately trying to be really sciencey. Yeah. Well, that's point one. Yeah. Uh, the Martian, I'm, I'm not going to spoil the movie, but I'm going to give a little of the setup. But if you're really sensitive, you might want to skip forward. Uh, basically, <laughs> at the start of the film, we're seeing one of the first human missions, and that's... It is a human mission, not a manned mission. That is in NASA's style guide for how they talk about space missions, and they kept calling it a manned mission throughout. That really bugged me. Um, a human mission to Mars. And they have to abort because of an enormous storm yeah. that's coming. And it's it's threatening to tip over their ascent vehicle. And if it does that, there's no way off the planet. They're fucked. I can see why that would be a problem. I can't see how it would ever happen because the Martian atmosphere is so thin that even blowing at, you know, hundreds of miles an hour, far harder than any storm on Earth, it would be a little bit like a light breeze because there's just no air to move. It's literally impossible for the setup of this movie to happen. And that, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can see you had to generate a disaster but you picked the wrong one. Uh, which leads to other problems later on, like when he uh, depressurizes his habitat and he fixes it with you know, basically a plastic sheet and duct tape. Uh, you've got an earth atmospheric pressure inside and you've got practically vacuum outside. As soon as he turned on the oxygen pumps, it would just blow out the wall. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah, And it's things like the fact that they... Some of the stuff with NASA they did really, really well, like the difference between NASA and Jet Propulsion Lab. You know, that feeling of uh, jeans and button-down shirts in the Jet Propulsion Lab and suits at NASA. Yeah, I That was all done really, really well, but they kept getting the language wrong. And I'm, I'm one of those geeks. I like the space race. I follow space programs, and it just, you wince when you hear them saying things wrong. Like uh, what? I'm interested. Like manned space program. Oh, okay. Uh, it's NASA have a whole style sheet that you can download and look at, and the scriptwriters should have. 
um, that dictate how they refer to things. And one of them is a, a human spaceflight is human spaceflight. It is not gendered. It is not a manned mission. And and they continually made that uh, oh, particular okay. mistake. Um, the fact that you know NASA scientists pull photographs off the wall rather than referring to the accurate maps they have available uh, to work out where things are on the Martian surface and stuff like that. That's all just minor filmmaking stuff. But then you get trained astronauts. Um, who, it's a rigorous training program uh, on a spaceship that is covered in cables and rails for them to attach to uh, when they're doing extravehicular activities. And they don't. Instead, they sort of hurl themselves into the void of space in the optimistic <laughs> hope that they'll collide with another part of the ship and be able to grab hold before it bounces them off to die alone. Mindlessly optimistic. Mindlessly optimistic. Wow. After they have risked themselves for like another, committed themselves to another two years in space to save one guy, he's like, well... Eh, they'll probably come get me if I fuck this up. <laughs> oh that, um, <laughs> I mean, you think about it that way. So we see, like, I, I, we see three astronauts go EVA in this whole film, and two of them use neither a tether nor a maneuvering unit, which is the big bulky rocket pack that you <laughs> tie yourself into. Yeah. And one of them <laughs> inexplicably uses both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I, I'm sitting here just cringing, going, what are you doing? This, this makes no sense. You don't need to tie yourself to the ship. You've got rockets. That's the point. Just go and get him. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, so, yeah, there's just so much of the science all the way through. I'm just wincing. Um, for example, the whole... It, it's a gimmick of the film, and it works really well that they lose contact, they lose communications because the communications dish is ripped off in the storm. Now, sure, except that all of the automated missions, there is communications built into every part of it. Like the, the landing unit can communicate with Earth independently as well as with the satellite in orbit. The rover can communicate with Earth independently if it's lined up right or with the base unit or with the satellite. NASA believes in redundancy in engineering. So they sent astronauts with these big rovers that drive around and don't have radios in at all, apparently. Uh, and they don't have sat phones, which, you know, you could carry with you in a briefcase. They just have one communications unit for a, for a human mission. A lot That's, of humans. Why are they giving robots more opportunities to call home for help than people. NASA loves robots. I mean, NASA does love robots. <laughs> and, and the reason is there's a really cool set piece where he, uh, Watney goes and steals the rover um, and steals the rover landing station and sets up a, a very cool communication system. And you can't do that really cool set piece if he can also just I, radio. I did love that with the, with the scanning, the, the panning camera to get the, the, uh, the hexadecimal stuff. Yes. What you've got is a wonderfully ingenious and visually interesting solution to a problem that would never have existed. And but that's a, my problem with this film, is it is it's style over substance a little bit. But a film without, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a film without conflict, because obviously it's still a man stranded on Mars. It's going to be fucking conflict. But It's man versus nature in the biggest, biggest way. Yeah. Um, 
But you, yeah. say, you say there isn't conflict. It's a shame I didn't feel it. How do you mean? Because you're supposed to care about this man, aren't you? Like, no, 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 no. We're still on the science. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're veering off the science now because I, those are just some of the biggest examples. And what I'm saying yeah. is, as a film, I really enjoyed it because a lot of it gives way to good filmmaking. And you just have to accept that it's a sci-fi. It's not a hard sci-fi. It is a hard sci-fi, but it's one that was written by a guy who admits his interest in space travel was very amateur. Yeah. And and has since learned about things like the Martian atmosphere being completely impossible uh, to act the way he said it did. And goes, yeah, that kind of ruins the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still a good story. <laughs> and it is. And it's, it is, you say good filmmaking, and that's what I think is my problem. Right. Because uh, a lot of people really love this film, and I'm not going to try and take that away from anyone. Like People will love it. That's absolutely fine. But my my theory is, if you're going to tell a story like this, tell it slickly, like slick, slicker than it was, in my opinion. Because I heard someone recently describe this film as Die Hard in Space, kind of. That's right. A really bad way to describe it. That is a I terrible think, description. Of well, no, movie. in the sense that in the sense that it's very very slick, gets to the point kind of thing. Like it, it, it is like basically a a, a cutted a cut out kind of of a perfect movie essentially, like Die Hard is right. You're losing me. I don't... Anyway, never mind. <laughs> I'll drop the Die Hard reference then. Anyway, it's, it's not. It's not your, your your. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was as slick as it could be. I felt like there were elements in this story. For example, you know when he um, and we're going to be talking about spoilers, so I'm sorry, but yeah, I, I think I dropped a few. <laughs> there's a point where quite it's basically the last set piece, and this is what this is why it really stuck out for me. Last set piece is when. Um, Matt Damon, because <laughs> I got Watney, sorry, uh, Watney. Is, is basically having to Captain Blondie. propel himself off the planet uh, into the, it, it, out of the atmosphere of Mars, so then he can then be picked up, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's a pretty cool sequence, and like you know that he's only got like a, a tarpaulin in front of him to, to basically protect him, um, and it, it's really tense, really tense. Um, he blacks out. So the scientists on the ship that's come to get him, right, are all like, right, this is what we have to do and get him to do to get him, rather, mm -hmm. and explains it to the crew. This is what we're going to have to do. This is what we're going to have to do. This is what we're going to have to do. Then Matt Damon wakes up, and then, like, considering there's a matter of pace at this point, this is kind of like a crucial moment. They've only got a small window, okay, to catch him. The, the, uh, the captain then says, Matt Damon... This is how we're going to get you. This is what we're going to do. 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 I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. You don't show us her talking to the crew saying that. You just show her saying it to him. You get the same effect and you're not wasting time and you don't lose any pace that this, you know, awesome event is kind of making happen for me. Hmm. So, and then... <laughs> this is something else that, that really caught my attention, right? Um, I'm a big fan of Kate Mara, who's in this film, right? Uh, because I'm a, uh, I've been watching House of Cards, and she's really good in that. She's kind of like I think she's like the analyst or something. But she they give given orders, right? We need to go and get him, right? We time is of the essence, and they're like okay. And instead of it being tense and like an ex 
is exciting bit. Uh, like, like there are stakes at hand. They go, right, okay. And they go running off down one side of the ship. It then cuts to the sh- a shot in front of them, like watching them run towards the camera or whatever, or crawl towards the camera in the ship, whatever, just at a pace. They're grinning. <laughs> they're smiling. Right. Where's the tension gone when they're smiling about it? Like, yeah, we'll go game. It's it's the it's the camaraderie moment. No, yeah, it's not. they are coming together it to wasn't. save their lost crewmate. This it is an wasn't. exciting thing for them to do. You would not be smiling if you had that amount of pressure on you. I'm sorry, and you would not be cracking wise when you're swinging around orbit the orbit of Mars with nothing but a like tarpaulin. That was the other thing. This this film was he was much too funny for for I I think for was, what I thought was feasible. For I this think film. he was a little bit broken. I'd, I, well, yeah, but how do we know? He this? was at the point of describing himself as Blondebeard. We don't know. I mean, we knew he was a bit broken. <laughs> we don't <laughs> know anything about that. this guy. We get nothing about him, and that's why you don't care about him either. You don't care. Well, they, you... they covered that specifically in the scene where Vincent is uh, talking to, I can't remember her name, the, the woman who was the satellite comms um, operator on in flight control, who I thought was... A real standout performance, actually. She was just instantly really, really good. Um, no, no, and you says, mean, you know, yes. uh, how is he? Oh, who did we lose? Was it me? No. Okay. Uh, how is he? And said, so, oh, it's fine. Yeah, he's making progress. He's, you know, and, and sets out what he's doing. And he goes, no, but how is he? Well, he asked us to call him Captain Blondebeard. So they, they are setting up. He's gone a little bit off center you know it's That's it's fair. right there it's right up in in front of you so don't expect him to be thinking rationally it's in, but the in terms of in terms of him being like as a cat like i didn't you don't know anything about this guy you he don't know anything him about him you don't get the whole any exposition film. on his character at all and that's why i didn't really care about him like when it was happening I, I kind of felt that was a case of show, don't tell. We'd literally been watching what he does when stranded on Mars for the whole film. But we don't know what he's left behind. When, when we you, don't know what he's missing when he's being on Mars. When you see his like first couple of video logs, he does come across as somewhat, I'm going to try and take this in my stride. Which is fair at right? the beginning. And then, as time goes on, take take that sort of personality, and then for months, because you've got to remember, it's like months before he gets the first game. He's got no one to talk to. No, I know. But himself. Okay. So it's basically that personality bouncing off of itself and no other outer stimuli. Yeah. So it's- And they do set up what he's left behind before the end when he's recording his notes to his parents. Telling them, you know, to die for something grander than it all. You know, tell them this was a life worth living and this is a death I can live with. It... The fact that he's not saying anything to anyone else tells us that he's got no one apart from his parents. I remember that. It's, um... No, it's fair. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm oh, it's to... not in it. I'm just saying, fair I, enough, I, I, I don't remember that. Yeah, I, can't remember I, that. I don't know. I, I felt that, fair enough, like, obviously, it is a, um... It is important that he is obviously uh, keeping himself in good humour, because otherwise he will go and I just wanted to see a bit more of that solitude creeping in and getting into a little bit. I wanted to see that tension because I, I'm seeing this action scene, which, you know, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is crazy. This guy could die at any moment and could have died at any moment. Yet he's cracking wise, he's making jokes and he's pulling me out of it. You know, there are points in that film where I wanted to be tense and it wasn't. I think it's more a case of like, what else would you do in that situation? No, I agree. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're being blasted out of orbit, 
I've never, that's never happened to me, you know. That we know of. That we know of. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like I say, uh, honestly, these are actually, I know I'm being quite like um, um, outspoken about it, but yeah, that's fair I did actually yeah. really enjoy this film. There was one other thing that got to me, which I think I, I might have you on side for. Uh, Donald Glover, um, he played, you know, Donald Glover, don't you, from yeah, the community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's Charles Gambino, of course. Yeah, well, I can't remember his character's name, but he's sort of like a Rich trajectory. Purnell, the steely-eyed missile man. Okay. He he had a bit, right, where he had to explain to Jeff Daniels and Sean fucking Bean, by the way, who, I might add, looked completely confused that he was in this film. I just want to say, like, the first time you see him, there's a shot of him, right? And usually when you have a first shot of a character, you have an establishing line where they instantly give you an impression. The first impression we have a shot, they don't even mention him in that scene for like a, a, at least a couple of minutes. And he sat there sort of blinking, looking around like he's just appeared there. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> but that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Anyway, my point is Donald Glover is trying to explain to Jeff Daniels, head of NASA, like about the, uh, the slingshot thing about... Um, Going, going around, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which you know, if you're into sci-fi, you, you've seen that in other films. You know, it's a, it's a kind of a simple take, concept. Take it back in time. Yet it takes a visual demonstration where he slowly explains the head of NASA how this is done. I yeah, the head of NASA, by the way, is physicists. Well, the head of NASA is just that. He's the manager. He's the man appointed to run the place. He's yeah, not actually you know a scientist. About that. No. I know about that. He would know about that. That is what I'm saying. Thing is, again, it's it's one of those things where you sort of have to look at where he is when you first see that character with the the caffeine addiction and the how he's acting and the shut inness. Yes, that is totally a character I can absolutely believe. It's just like right, I am probably the smartest person in this room. The sort of person that would go, okay, I'm going to go. He's confronted with suits. Yeah. And they're not going to say yes to this plan. I know they're not going to say yes to this plan, which is why as soon as they say get out, he just instantly just leaves and then goes and like get someone on site to go and send the plan to them anyway. He goes in there knowing that they're going to say no. So he's basically coming in there going, I am the smartest person in this room. Everyone else is really stupid. I'm going to have to explain this in the basic thing. Right. Which to me sounds very much like a physics student. No, to me it looks like like kind of lazy because it's having to explain this basic sci-fi scientific concept to an audience, I admit. But it is so See, obvious the, in what it's it doing. It worked for me because the only man in that room who would have understood what he was talking about was Mitch Henderson. And Sean Bean. That's Sean Bean's character. <laughs> and that's not the man he's explaining it to. That's the man he's explaining it on behalf of. And even then, he hit someone with a pen. Like, I'm like... Why are you still being funny? Be serious. Because he's Donald Glover. Because hmm? he's Donald Glover. Yeah. Oh, I, okay, I think my fundamental problem with this is that I didn't... <laughs> less jokes. Less jokes, please. <laughs> because I'm a boring prick. And I want something <laughs> to actually like be serious for a moment. Yeah. I think if that had been a serious film, it would have fucking destroyed me. I it, wanted it. it I thought it was going to be like... I, exactly. I wanted it bleak. I wanted to see a man disintegrate, like not disintegrate, um, not disintegrate. Um, well, uh, if you yeah, wanted it sure. to leak, let's go back to the science. Let's go back to the science, and I'll tell you that every single one of the astronauts in that movie 
died a painful death of radiation sickness within the following years because there is no way you can spend that much time within Venus orbit in a ship that was only designed for one quick trip to Mars and back uh, and not get irradiated. And there is no way you can spend that much time on the surface of Mars without being irradiated. They all died horrible deaths and it was all for nothing. There you go. Bleak enough. Wow, but not presented in the film. If they, it's not presented in the film because I don't think the writer knew that (laughs) it would have been a perfect film if at the very end it just fades to black and then you know how they say like where characters are these days. That just came up. They all died horribly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, have we switched? Have we switched souls? Yes. Because this is this is very fucking weird. I no, say, like oh, I say, oh sorry. Go I on. mean, having lots of bits of dialogue in the book, and I say it's dialogue. It is one person talking to himself. I've not read the book in fairness. There, but... There's just this one paragraph, and it, it turns up in the film. But it's it's mm. this beautiful paragraph, like describing um, the 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 scenery around him, the, the rise and fall mm. of the mountains, and the color of it all, and the sort of uh, off in the distance you can see the horizon, all these plateaus of rock and all this stuff. And it's just him looking at it, and then it's just a line of him saying. Fuck you, I said to the planet. <laughs> See, that I, I do like that. What Shall I say something? Because I did like this film. Like, again, with the yeah. sort... I, I swear this would have come from the book. I was absolutely in love with his monologue, where he said, his monologue, everything is a first. When he's saying every step I take on this planet is oh. the first. Every... Um, Climb that hill, first guy to do it. Yeah, every every dune he climbs, every rock he, he pushes over, it. he's the first. Yep. Oh uh, right, that's 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 really good. I think the bit of dialogue that really came out to me was was wasn't even Matt Damon, but it was people talking about it, it was when uh, just after that line you mentioned, someone they say, "Well, he's asked us to call him Captain uh, Blondebeard," and it's Chiwetel and Ford saying, "Well, technically speaking, yeah, Mars would be under Mars." Yeah, yeah, he went. Yeah, that. He, he explained it. Yeah, I just love that the cut of like, yeah, he definitely he, he told us that. <laughs> <laughs> There's also there's the a little Lord of the Rings reference in it, and I was like, that, "This is a bit on the nose." With Sean Bean, they say, "Oh, well, well why do you think on. they cast Sean Bean?" Also, <laughs> to once again make it painfully obvious, he doesn't know why he's there. Also, spoiler. Also, spoiler. NASA and Jet Propulsion Lab full of nerds. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They're, they're all geeks. Don't don't be surprised by that. I wasn't. I I just thought this is. I kind of like. I liked game. the space program. They liked it so much they did it for a living. You know, <laughs> I want to be Glorfindel. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, One thing they didn't put in from the book is actually when he first establishes text communication. And the moment is there, but you don't see what the message was. It's when they tell him that the whole world is watching and he might want to mind his language. And I really wish they'd actually included what came next, which was just opening bracket, period, Y, period, closing bracket, space. Less than sign, hyphen, look, a pair of boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but this film could only be a PG-13 to draw the masses, so it could not it's show 15, all of this. It? I thought it was PG-13. They couldn't show all the swearing. Show all the swearing? There was plenty of swearing. There, there was, was lots types. of swears. Also, show people what's typed. Also, Sebastian like his, Stan, first, yeah. his first line of dialogue after the accident was just, fuck. Also, Sebastian Stan, you've got to have a certain age rating because people can become pregnant just by looking at him. Uh, sorry, yeah. I was a little bit. Mm. Um, a little bit. A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. I got over it. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm just really happy Chiwetel Ejiofor is getting work still. 
Yes. Oh, I'm yeah. really happy about that. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. He, he's, he is fantastic, but I haven't seen him in anything for ages. This cast is amazing. Yeah. It's a really good cast. cast We've mentioned incredible. Jeff Daniels, obviously, Matt Damon, Kate Mara, Sebastian Stan, Stuart Leofor. Uh Benedict Wong is brilliant in this mm. as, as Bruce, the, the poor guy who has to keep cutting his schedule, uh, building the probe. Um, Kristen Wiig's in it, which surprised me. Hmm. And, uh, oh, Mackenzie Davis is the lady I was referring to earlier, who I just immediately just went, what have I seen her in? Yeah. <laughs> you know, throughout the whole film, I was like, I've seen her in something. I've, I've seen her in something and liked it before. And I went and looked at her IMDb and I'm like, no, no, never seen her in anything before. She's just one of those actresses. They just pop. It's just really good. She's just really good. Hooray. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, well worth seeing. Yeah, like uh, leave the science at the door. It's it's a fun story. I think it's very well told. Uh, it's it's good. I enjoyed <laughs> it a lot, and I like that they did solve one of the pacing issues of the book with a simple on-screen caption that reads seven months later. That's yeah. another thing I didn't like. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you very much for reminding me. <laughs> oh god, he's off again. Yes. This is an entire film showing him step by step how he's surviving. Then we're presented with seven months later. It's because in those seven months nothing happens. He just reaches a state of just the same grind day after day. Exactly. Nothing is a, achieved a, in those Do us a cool little cinematic sort of uh, weave in and out of showing him doing different things, getting exhausted. Do you feel it? Different things. That's the point. It's, well, do, yeah, fine then. Do a repetition thing then. Make it look, show him how fucking difficult that would be every day doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I think the problem was with pacing. That is with pacing. That would, that would, God, that would be boring as fuck. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Just because you don't have like, it, it would, it would have, it would have like a, um, it would be a good flow. It's a good way of showing travel in film. Just doing that. No. But he wasn't travelling. What was he doing then? When did the seven months Eating potatoes, farming potatoes, eating potatoes, farming potatoes, eating potatoes. You've just done it right there. Yeah, and it bored the piss out of me. (laughs) No, no, you can do something real, like, take Groundhog Day. There you go. Never seen it. That's the conceit of the whole film. Sure, it's, if it's the I'm just saying the there are film. effective ways of showing time passing with you out without you getting bored rather than just being lazy and sticking seven months later on something. There are much better ways of doing it than doing that. Just saying. <laughs> but you <laughs> like the film. Just it's a good it. film. It's a good film. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I still enjoyed it. Still enjoyed are you talking it. yourself into liking it? Huh? Are you talking yourself into liking it? Look, I do. I do like it. I do like <laughs> it. Um, and I, I don't know why I'm so like outspoken against the bit because I think I was. I was really, really hoping to adore this film. I think, and I think I might have taken it a bit too personally when I didn't. <laughs> um, it sounds but, like you were expecting a slightly different film. Maybe it was. I was. I'll tell you what I was expecting: Castaway, but on Mars, and well, that, sue me if that, that's, that's you know, also what a bad I was thing. expecting. Yeah. And I wanted that. Oh. Yeah. I would I didn't. Ah, see I really like yeah. Castaway though. I've never seen it. Fucking hell, man. We can <laughs> learn. Yeah. We need to get on some what is it? You haven't seen you haven't seen Apocalypse Now, have you? No. And you haven't seen have you you haven't seen Groundhog Day? No. And what was the other one we just mentioned? Groundhog Day. Uh, and Castaway. Yeah. So those three, we'll watch those. And Groundhog Day. 
And Groundhog Day. Yeah. Oh, from the science point of view, just one more thing I want to point out because it made me laugh out loud when I was watching the film and it was not meant to be a comedy moment. Um, Obviously, they didn't film on Mars. uh, (laughs) But still, when they were choosing their shots in the desert, they might have wanted to check a little more carefully there weren't any plants in shot. Oh, no. Every so often there are plants and you just, I I just laughed out loud because I was like, is there life on Mars? Yes. Um, there should ah. be, but there it is. <laughs> but there is water on Mars, so that can happen, right? Well, it's very, very briny and liquid only for part of the year. And it's in a really inaccessible location. Ah, <laughs> uh, so not where it's for really, a landscape garden then. Where it's really cold. Ah, uh, yeah. Get some winter ferns in. <laughs> <laughs> Grow Christmas trees. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's in the future, are we setting up our own sci-fi it's, novel. It's where the in red the future, planet. Santa wait, would live there. In our, in our... <laughs> <laughs> no, doesn't he live on Neptune? Oh, why? Because Futurama. Futurama. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's John Goodman. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Or that guy that used to run the nightclub I used to work at. What? He looked a lot like Evil Robot Santa. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought you meant John Goodman. I was like, wow, he's branched out buying Shelton nightclubs now. <laughs> An unpredictable man. <laughs> was that the night owl? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good times. Long- no, there's a reference that will be only applicable to a very few of our listeners. Yes. Between certain age groups. Yeah. <laughs> so, has anyone else seen any other films? Uh, at the cinema? Yes. Wait, did I? And not ever, by the way, just recently. Yes, <laughs> um, Wait, we, 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 we spoke a little yeah, bit about yeah, Macbeth, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I've not been to the cinema. I'm just trying to think if I've seen any films in general, actually, other than The Martian. I, I, I saw Flatliners for the first time. Oh, what did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good film. What's fun? I'm glad. Flatliners is a film about shitty, shitty medical students being... Yes. <laughs> um, okay. It sounds interesting. Really good cast. Yeah. Um, you got... Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, mm. um, and 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 um, I always get the I always get them mixed up. William Baldwin, sorry, it's William Baldwin. It's Billy Baldwin, okay. And no, that's not the ones I get mixed up. She was the female lead. Um, oh, Julia Roberts. Yes, Julia Roberts. I I forget who I get her mixed up with, but she was in it as well. And that guy who is the chauffeur from Iron Man. No, not oh, him. John Fav. No, 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 no. Oh, I forget. But it's really good. And basically it's about um, medical students getting into bets and sort of trying to see what is what happens when you flatline, when you are brain dead. And then Yeah, they're trying to induce uh, near-death experiences. Oh, well, that's like, not, not even weird. Not even near-death experiences, like death, beyond death experiences. Oh. And there's a whole... That sounds messed up. You, you know, can, where, like you, people who die on the operating table, it's where you stop your heart and then restart it. Yeah, yeah. So right. Oh, right, right, right. Like, Wearing like a cooled down blanket, like an electric blanket that's been frozen. Yeah. So you lower your body temperature, so you stave off brain damage, oh, um, right, yeah. and then you are you nitrous, so you're put to sleep, and then you lower your heart rate until it's like gone, and then you wait a certain amount of time, and they're basically just betting each other to see how far they'll go. Oh, wow. Um, and it's it's really really interesting, and then you can read into it that it's either. Uh, a supernatural ghost story with oh, whoa, what you you can read there's, there's certain aspects of it. you can either read that it's a supernatural ghost story with with elements of like um perdition and 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 repentance and that sort of stuff right. or you can read into it that it is about the dangers of brain damage from being dead for a while yeah cuz wow. shit comes back to haunt you and you start oh, to, wow. yeah and you start running through your memories and stuff like that repressed memories and things 
Ooh. And it's really, really good. Oh, that good. sounds like a really good film. Is that really, it is a really good film. You can watch it after, in a bit. Uh, not tonight, but... Not tonight, but we will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very good. Oh, that sounds It's awful. a Joel Schumacher film, but it's yeah, that's the actually weird. good. It's weird that I think he can I, do good films. I didn't get that it was a Joel Schumacher film until I started seeing all the like glow-in-the-dark uh, graffiti on the walls. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, this is just Batman and Robin right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be people... But yes, it, it's more Lost face. Boys than Batman and Robin, thank God. Yeah. I also saw Event Horizon again, but I've seen that before, so that is really. I love that film. It's very, very, very that good. Is good. Or, or as Zoe calls it, Satan's Luxury Yacht. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm just trying to think if I'm watching I, um, I've recommended House of Cards to you haven't I but that's not like a new thing yeah it's, it's not really but it is very good it is amazing love it Kevin Spacey uh, um, do you know what I've been doing a lot of or was doing a lot of should we know is oh, it touching uh, yourself <laughs> no it is that but no, I'm not going <laughs> to talk about that due to okay. a court order. That's a shame. Um, okay, I've been shooting rebel scum. Ah, I <laughs> have also been shooting rebel scum. I've <laughs> also been shooting rebel scum. Irish? Nope. Ah, uh, uh, traitor! I had the lines of a traitor. I didn't have a system that could play it. Take her away. Ah, uh, yeah. You don't have a system because it was available on just about bloody everything. Everyone, everyone, join us in this. Oh, thank you. What were we doing there? We were, we were a bunch of wanks. Oh, were we being condescending? <laughs> yes, yes, we catching were catching up. <laughs> <laughs> Irish. It's, yeah, you know, it's the official sport of World War II. And in I, what context will be blasting? I wish, I wish I could deny that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what context was I blasting, Rebel Scum? In the context of a TIE fighter, or... Oh. I, I was more thinking Star Wars Battlefront beta. Yes, we hadn't Star named it yet. Star Wars beta friend, which began on the beta 8th of front. October. The beta front. <laughs> 8th of October, it began, and... It did not last long enough. It did not last long enough, because, it, it, well, it lasted longer than it was originally going to. They actually uh, increased its uh, duration by mm. a day, didn't they? Which was great. Um... Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, yeah, we should give our thoughts really as we go around. But yeah, I really, really like it. I, oh my god, what yeah. an experience! Uh, that's what it is. It's an experience. I in most shooters, I care if I get shot in the head because I'm like, oh for fuck's sake, I died. In Star Wars, I'm shot by a stormtrooper. I'm like, oh my god. In this game, oh, I've just been shot down by an ATST whilst I was trying to run across the plains. Oh, but that's cool because it looked awesome. <laughs> oh, I've just been stabbed in the face by Darth Vader, but I'm fine with it because it is so cool. You know, it is an experience. It's amazing. I think my moment was completely summed up for me when playing the Hoth level yeah. as a rebel. Oh, and, uh, utility. The second... The, 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 yeah, we won, though. Yeah, yeah, we got uh, a few wins. The, the second... Um, base of operation when they get to the second checkpoint where you've got to get all the, the things all uplinked so yeah. the the uh, x-wing hangar yeah so let's explain briefly for those who have not oh, played yeah, it we should probably explain this. so yeah. 80 uh, when you're on empire side obviously it's the battle of hoth um hopefully you know star wars by this point otherwise you might want to skip forward a bit um almost the podcast <laughs> actually thinking about or it any any time oh. me and rob talk ever yeah right so <laughs> um but yeah, essentially it's the Battle of Hoth, uh, the, the awesome battle in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, if you are the Imperials, you have to 
uh, I say escort, just watch your AT-ATs stomp across from one side of the map to the other, uh, stopping the rebels from uh, uplinking to their Y-wing bombers, which are their only hope in stopping the Imperial advance. Not their only hope. Uh, It helps. It helps. I have seen uh, an ace take down both AT-ATs with snowspeeders and win the match. Oh. Oh. Sorry, I just got a bit of a boner there. Um, that's pretty cool. It's very cool. It was my first time playing as the Rebels in on Hoth, and uh, seeing that the Imperials had basically taken the X-wing hangar, they had just completely filled it up and were shooting out of it. And you know, there's a couple of little doors that that go in through all the back. Yeah, ways. there's the ice corridors. Aren't the ice corridors. There? Yeah, sneaking my way in through there. Yeah, snuck my way into the back, and because they were all facing out of the hangar, I was like. They haven't noticed me. They, I was like, and they're already past yeah. you, aren't I'm look, they? I'm looking around going, oh shit, kind of I think style. I might do it. And I go to the uplink station. I'm like, I'm the cleverest little rebel in the world. And I start doing the uplink thing and it starts ticking up. And then my character just sort of like, the, the, the viewpoint goes a bit weird, goes all third person and I'm in the air and I'm like, ah, oh, oh shit. Oh, okay, well, it, it is a beta, I guess. And then I just hear the... You were getting force choked. And I saw Vade, I'm like... <laughs> oh my god! I've never been more afraid in a video game in the last. The amount years. of times, the amount of times, and and it 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 always got me. That's the thing. Like you're just playing as a rebel, you're running around, and then all of a sudden, boom, Vader's there, and yep. you're dead. And it's like I didn't even see him coming. You, you saw that like, you were there for that yeah. moment. I was I was straight. I was doing a strafing run, so I wasn't looking where I was running. I was running to the left and facing off a cliff, firing down into it. And I'm just running and running and running, and the, I just see a split second of red blur because I had run full pelt into Darth Vader <laughs> bitch slapped me with a lightsaber off the cliff. <laughs> oh, wow. We both, ju- I was watching and I jumped. Yeah. Like, it's just a vroom. Oh, man. Great. See, all of my favourite moments from Hoth, other than, like, winning as the Rebels, which, man, that felt like an achievement. That was cool. Involve Vader because there was that time I played as the Imperials mm. and saw a bunch of Rebels camped out on, like, a... a there was a, an outcropping on a cliff uh, with a little uh, walkway going up to it. And I saw them all camped up there. There were like three or four of them. Yeah. I was like, right, this is Thermal Detonator time. They're all, they're, all, <laughs> they're all clustered together. So I fling a Thermal Detonator up there. And as it's arcing through the air, mm. a flurry of shots from nearby stormtroopers just takes out every single one of the rebels. Mm. They're all dead. Mm. I'm like, oh, that was a bit of a waste. And the Thermal Detonator is a couple of feet from the ground. And Vader goes running up the the, uh, the walkway and luckily you know there's no friendly fire in this game because otherwise the thermal detonator lands Vader runs over it it explodes and that stormtrooper that I was playing no doubt got taken to Imperial HR <laughs> for a very very stern disciplinary hearing for Do blowing up throw thermal detonators at Lords of the Sith this is like oh, rule one and I remember watching him just walk into the into the caverns Thank, thanking every god that exists that there was no friendly fire just thinking I am so fired you would have been fired yeah. out of a cannon uh, yes the sun. Um, yeah the, uh, uh, when playing I managed to be on a team that won with the rebels a few times I think um, they have they have actually come out and said that um, that dice are actually working on trying to balance the battle that's what the beta was for yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't mind. I don't I mind I think that. it's a lot more balanced than people realise. I think people didn't have any clue how to win. Yes. Mm. 
Yes, I agree. They, we are still blindly grabbing around trying to figure out how the game works. Exactly. Again, we that's how works yeah, exactly. From, from the, but that's end. only one part of it. Like, there's there's going to be so much more in this game. It's going to be crazy. Um, I saw so many people not shooting the Atat when it was vulnerable. And I'm yes. like, for fuck's sake, guys, this is yeah. how we win. Yeah, I, <laughs> I loved one of my favorite bits. Uh, and this is a great thing about being, well, I suppose all of them have great vehicles. But, like... When I was Rebels, I made it my mission whenever I could. Not the Snowspeeder, the A-Wing. The A-Wing oh, is awesome. man, I love the A-Wing. And I took into my heart the philosophy of the A-Wing pilot, as we know <laughs> from the end of Return of the Jedi, <laughs> collides <laughs> into the bridge of the uh, the Super Star Destroyer, the Executor, <laughs> bringing it down. I thought, you know, this is, this is how A-Pilots roll. Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ATST. I, I Every could... time I got in an ATST, I went to the top of the leaderboard. That yes, thing is so fearsome. <laughs> ATSTs were unbelievable. You could just sit miles away, and you just you, because you've got like the three functions for those who haven't played. Like when you when you get like a character, well, any character actually, you have like different like power up options and things like that. Yeah. When the ATST, you have like a chain gun, you have a grenade launcher, and a missile launcher. And you, if you get the timing right. You can basically be cycling through all of your powers through cooldown while still firing your main guns at the same time. It's wow. crazy. crazy. It's such a good vehicle. I loved it. I, yeah. I had the opposite effect with that you guys did because every time I got in a vehicle... You just I, want to stamp forwards. I just, I just fucked up everything. Like If I got in a TIE fighter or an X-Wing, I was five seconds away from plummeting into the ground. If I got into an ATST, I was... Bare moments away from getting my ass thermal detonated or yeah. thermal imploded. Holy shit, how cool is the thermal imploder? The thermal imploder is awesome. I first came across it on the on uh, Sullust or whatever it was, the the, yeah. the, the, uh, yeah. the drop pod mission. Which is the new uh, the new location that's been... Because we've never seen Sullust before. That's true. At, at least in the films. And we've seen uh, Celestans, but never Sullust. Yes. It was the moment of running through the trenches <coughs> on Sullust. Yes. And a thermal imploder going off nearby, not enough to do damage, but nearby enough that the screen shook as I was running through the trenches, <sighs> and mud comes raining down through my vision as I'm running, and the whole screen is shaking, and my character just barrels through, and I'm like, I just, oh, it's so beautiful and so atmospheric as a war thing, and maybe realize I would suck in war, but I, <laughs> got, I got better. I realized the key to me doing better at this game is to no, never go anywhere near a vehicle. <laughs> on foot, on foot, I am a deadly motherfucker. Oh, yeah, in a vehicle, I am deadly to only one person. Rambo on Hoth. Yeah, I um, am. I'm. Oh, it's it, it is a, it's like a, what you just said there. What I was saying earlier, the experience of playing this game is incredible because uh, they're they're obviously you. Every single sound that you hear in that game is familiar it's to you from the Lucas Library. There are things it's, that there are things that you won't even notice at first that will make this quintessentially Star Wars and you won't even notice like the obviously the sound effects you do kind of notice but every time you respawn there's a swipe there is a screen yep. swipe I yeah had, oh my god I had, yeah oh. you didn't even notice that did you? every step of the AT-80 yeah sounds and feels exactly right yeah every single vehicle noise every single explosion and then obviously there is that John Williams score back oh. and went oh I, I it's even down to the detail of the way that snow troopers kind of stumble and fall down when you shoot them. Yeah, they do actually stumble and stuff when they when taking impact. And 
And also, there was something else really cool that I was going to talk about, but completely forgot. Yeah, it was the music. It's the way the music kicks in as well. Like at specific points. Yes, it'll fade out a little bit. The moment right before the Y wings start their attack run, and yeah. then it will do the da 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 da. Yes, and that's when they do the bombing run. It's like it's the come on rebels, fucking you can do it. Moment. And when, you, but when you first when you and I said I, this is the first thing I said to Jack when uh, we we both played it. I was like, I I am just better at being a stormtrooper. I do better when I'm a, 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 an imperial because the march of the empire comes on. And you're just wading away at the snow, wanting to kill rebel scum, and yep. just something happens to me. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I know exactly what, what you mean. I at no point, as a rebel, uh, was I sort of saying things out loud to myself. <laughs> yes. Apart from the time I cheered when I saw the snowspeeder take out the attack, but. Yep. As as a stormtrooper, I was constantly going rebel scum. Yeah, yes. so was I. I was like, whenever Vader appeared, I was like. Lord Vader, yeah. I am with you. Yeah, me too. Every yeah, is, we were there marching alongside him. Oh, it was so cool. You have it. We have him, have his back. You know, come Vader's retinue. Although I think that's unfair because with the with the rebels, the feeling I got was one of hopelessness. Like it's that is that a shot in Empire when um, you see them all turning tail and running. Like they got points in that game where you're like, holy shit, we need to fall back. Uh, oh, it was I, just I as that. atmospheric and evocative. I just I didn't say anything. Oh yeah, you didn't say it. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it's it's easier to 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 be angry, <laughs> shoot people down. I guess it's, it's much more satisfying to shoot rebels because you know they've got faces, so you, you can imagine their loved ones despairing. In fact, there was one. I actually reenacted like two. I told you this, didn't I? I reenacted two seconds of Empire Strikes Back perfectly. Uh, I was so proud of this. I managed to get in the eighty eighty. You know, the big, big mother. Yes. And yeah. I, I'm stomping forward, and I see in the distance. I'm not too far from the objective, but I see a, a snow speeder dropping down, sort of um, to my level, getting ready to like to attack, attack or right. do whatever. To his attack run, ah, oh. uh, and I take a step back, sort of to the side, aim my he- the head cannon, just go bam, and blew it out of the air. And I was like, "That's so cool!" And it did the whole spirally, <laughs> and then yeah, oh. nice. something I really felt about this game, like w- the sound effects on point, yeah, the graphics beautiful, yeah. Everything is so evocative and nostalgic and perfectly Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But the gameplay is so old school. Yes, it is. I Someone in their write-up on it said it feels like a PlayStation 2 game in the best way. Oh, yes, it, yes, the, you're right. The respawn is instant. Yep. There are pickups all over the map that give you the vehicles and the heroes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's classic shooter. Yeah. There's no... Um, it, there's no real sort of tropes of the current shooters mm. apart from character progression and you know the sort of regenerating health that's sort of yeah thing. but uh, but yeah the gameplay the the quick respawn especially is so old fashioned and it's, so much fun it's like playing battlefront 2 yeah yeah and also I, I i know exactly what you mean i'm so glad you put it into words for me because i could never yes that's that is very true um yeah, what was the other thing as well? Yeah, obviously it's the it's the respawning thing, choosing if you want to respawn with your partner as well, I quite like. So it's it's very, very slick. And this is one thing that I I really noticed was that going on to that, considering it was the biggest big beta of all time, they say, 
the amount of people that played it. Um, at least I think that's true. I could be wrong. But, Given um, that it was completely open and on three platforms, I'm perfectly willing to give them that. Yeah, but it was it was. Uh, I mean, I don't really suffer like internet connections, bad in connection, really. But like the fact that I could just jump onto that game and it was just ready to go. Yeah, there was a match ready to go all the time. Like there, I never a technical problem. Now I know obviously this isn't the finished game, so not all of it is there. So more game makes more problems technically, I suppose. I don't know. Um, yeah, once your netcode and matchmaking are in there, it, that's pretty. It's it's an independent thing. Yeah. So, so that's part of what they were testing. I did have a few technical glitches, but oh, really nowhere near as many as I did in Rainbow Six. Oh, and that was a beautiful, beautiful little segue there. I'm not actually ready to segue, but it was so good because <laughs> there was one thing I wanted to say about. Battlefront, which is no, that's the... Battlefront. I'm more than happy. Yeah. I'm not done. Also, we <laughs> had so to play Rainbow Six. Uh, I've oh, seen did... a lot of it though. Uh, did either of you play the single player stuff, uh, the yes. survival mode? Yes. On Tatooine. So there are three modes in the beta. There's the Walker Assault, which we were talking about. There's the Celestian mm-hmm. Drop Pod campaign, yes. which is a capture and hold game in the old school style. Yeah. And then there's the Wave Survival map. Uh, on Tatooine where wave after wave of Imperial come after you or you and a friend in split screen local multiplayer again so old school that yes is, yeah. that is proper old school Jesus yeah uh, but there are more game modes announced for the final game um, and I'm stoked I am absolutely thrilled because long time listeners to this podcast may have heard me reference my favourite multiplayer um, mode of all time. I don't know if Jack will remember it. Uh, I've got from no AVP. Uh, like a virus mode, or a I don't know. No, it's it was called Alien Tag, and the idea oh, was, of course, one player was the alien, and everyone else was a colonial marine. Oh, so awesome! Yes, I love that. It's really asymmetric. The alien is just a fucking killing machine, but there's lots of you. They're doing that with Battlefront. One of you is a hero character, like Vader or Luke, and everyone else is just a mook. Wow. Excellent. It's like seven on one Stormtroopers versus Luke Skywalker. (laughs) That's amazing. I hope they do... Uh, they probably haven't got it in the works just now, but um, there was—I can't remember which one it was. I think it was—it uh, was like I think it was like Lord of the Rings Conquest, not like a crazily good game as a lot of Lord of the Rings games aren't. But this did have one cool thing where you did have hero characters. In fact, the game was basically Battlefront, but Lord of the Rings. Like you had your different classes, and then when you got good enough or whatever, like you would activate to be able to hit, be a hero character. <laughs> but there was one. There was one deathmatch setting where you could either be all against all uh, or teamed all of the characters of Lord of the Rings. So like a fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you have like really funny fights like Gollum versus the Witch King of Angmar. <laughs> like he's trying to hold up against him. Like it's insane. Wow. It's not, it's not balanced at all. That's the best thing about it. You have Merry trying to face off against Sauron. Okay, <laughs> Like it's insane. So I That's hope that they have... I hope they have like a, a hero uh battle. Well, here are the modes that they do have. Yes. Go. Um Hero Hunt, which is the one I was 
just talking about. Seven Imperials against Luke Skywalker, seven Rebels battling it out against Boba Fett. In Hero Hunt, one player will experience the thrill of playing as an iconic Star Wars hero or villain, facing off against ground troops from the opposing faction. Want to play as the hero? Take them out. You'll get your chance. But remember, once you become the hero, the hunt is on. Hey, that's so cool. Heroes versus villains. The most (gasps) valiant heroes and cunning villains of the galaxy are clashing in this epic Star Wars Battlefront mode. Skywalker, Vader, Fett, and other iconic characters will be part of your team, together with ground troopers. Keep your heroes and villains alive to score points. Ah. See, I'm willing to bet when the Jakku map comes out, our hero characters might be Finn and Kylo Ren. I think that might be true. Uh, Drop Zone, which we know about, that's the drop pods come down and you have to capture them and defend them and claim them for your side. Really, really tense and really good gameplay. Really fun. Blast, classic team deathmatch with a Star Wars twist. Fast-paced and packed with chaotic fun. Ten Rebels against ten Imperials fight to the finish. Sweet. That's just cool. That just, very straight, quick just straight and... kill each other. It's yeah. Just straight deathmatch. Yeah. Uh, Walker yeah. Assault, which we know. Yep. My personal favourite, Droid Run. Six Rebels and six Imperials fight to capture and hold on to three GNK power droids. Oh, fucking hell. These are the droids you're looking for. Gonk. <laughs> Gonk. Gonk. Um, also, there's, what is it? Is it Fighter Squadron? Yep, which is uh, all the air vehicles. Oh. Just all the air vehicles fight. Cargo. To this. Yeah. A thrilling tug-of-war experience for fans of Star Wars and capture the flag gameplay. Cargo challenges your team to capture valuable cargo boxes from the opposing team. Get the loot, make your way back to your base, but don't forget to defend your own precious cargo. Every capture counts. Supremacy. Rebels and Imperials fight for control of five key points in this intense 40-player clash that takes place on some of the largest maps in Battlefront. See, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It was There were two that they had on Battlefront 2 that were for that, like for huge, huge numbers of players. It was Hoth, and I can't remember what the other one was. Well, from the looks of it, one of the supremacy maps for this one will be Endor, and I love the idea of massive forest. Yeah. Lots of speeder bikes. I, I miss I miss hunt mode from Battlefront 2 because I would love to play this game and just run around shooting Ewoks. <laughs> I remember there was a really and I re, I, I, I doubt they'll do it for this, but it, it a lot of it made me think not only of Battlefront but also of the Rogue Squadron games. Um, like uh, there was a really cool map, like with uh, I think it was the it was a Nintendo sixty four Rogue Squadron game mm. that did a lot of the expanded universe sort of storylines throughout missions and stuff. So you had like World Eaters or Mon Calamari. That you got, uh, that was, um, I think that was just um, Rogue Squadron was on, the, the, on the, Nintendo 64. Was, are you sure that wasn't game? No, because I'm, I'm thinking of the GameCube release Rogue title. Leader. Yeah, it was something like that, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I, I would love to see just a wealth of different things be released. And you know what? I probably would pay for them. I am the first to complain about like, abs- uh, like extortionate DLC stuff, but this game, it might be worth well, it. The With sad EA. thing is they have already announced their season pass. Oh. Uh, on the upside, they've announced they, they aren't looking at putting microtransactions into Battlefront, which, which is the common trend. Yeah, which considering yeah. it's EA as well. Yeah. yeah. But they um, are looking at doing season pass DLC. Which is interesting because I've looked at, I think they've announced some of the DLC, and I was really worried because, like, if you look at, it's the same team that did uh, Battlefield, isn't it? Yeah, I but, believe so. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. And they are the ones that release the sort of pay-to-win DLC. 
Yeah. Um, for that. Oh. Yeah. The sort of you can uh, you can unlock all these weapons through playing this, that, and the other. Yeah. Uh, or you can just pay to unlock them. Oh. So if you can just pay to unlock the best guns, you'll win. Yeah. Yeah. It's pay to win. But based on what I've seen, I think all the DLC so far has been maps. Yeah. All the DLC maps, now- characters, that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 It doesn't add anything overbalanced or game breaking because if you have a map then you can only play against other people that have that same map. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good way of doing it. And I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that the DLC plan is good. Yeah. Because uh, that's the one way that EA could still fuck this up. Yeah. They, they'll give, just give them a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's incredibly exciting. Really good from what we've, what we've seen. Uh, I think the, um, the unanimous kind of well-being for this game is oh yeah they've, is, like I said, they've generated a lot of well-being from from this beta it's yeah it's really good it from the first time to... i pulled the trigger and my blaster sounded like a blaster should i, I was sold yeah mm-hmm. and then x-wings and tie interceptors and tie fighters and a-wings no and snow speeds. no not yet not, not in yet. that map yeah but no type no, there are other maps yeah. don't worry Oh, tie bomber! Oh man! Did you get my tie interceptor? And oh, I loved it for the five seconds I was in the sky. Tie interceptors are so cool. And then I plummeted to the ground. I like the fact that they've named that the Millennium Falcon will be in the fighter squadron maps, and it makes me think they're going to do like hero pickups. Oh yeah, it is in like, fighter I, squadron. I've, like, I've I want that, Slave yeah. One. It is. Oh my god, Slave One! Oh. Yeah, yeah, I think Slave One will be the. Uh... Right, fuck you guys! I want a Star Destroyer. <laughs> just go big or go home yeah 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 i suppose um i'm also like i've noticed that everything so far has been imperials and rebels yeah um which is cool I mean, it kind of will be i expect yeah. well this is the thing is because like, battlefront 2 had imperials and rebels it had the two time periods because you could play imperials and rebels or you could play uh republic commandos and droids yeah um but it just seems to be all the one timeline from this. Well, I guess it will, it'll still be two timelines, perhaps. Well, they might do a sort of um, prequels DLC. Well, no, I'm thinking they'll do I... they'll do original trilogy and they'll mm. do 789. Yeah. So, well, we know Jaiku's coming, so... Exactly. I, I expect think, that to be a thing. I think, and to their credit, in terms of all of their marketing, in terms of everything they're doing for this nostalgia trip, it's all over the original trilogy rather than the prequels. I think they're yes. trying to enforce... What we love about Star exactly, Wars yeah, people love right those things. The droid decker versus um, droids fights, pro- uh, uh, versus Gungans fights, probably wouldn't have the same nostalgic enthusiasm. I don't know. That was, <laughs> that was kind of fun. It was. There is something fun about gunning down Gungans. I won't lie. And also, you want to talk about a one-sided fight? The droids have access to all the different types of droid. The Gungans on that hunt map have two weapons: grenades. Yeah. And, and shields. Uh, sorry? And shields. Uh, no, no, they have, um, what's it called? The the, uh, the 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 little tiny device that fixes droids. So in oh, other words, yeah, your yeah, only yeah. equipment is a grenade and a medipack that you can only use on the enemy. That is a one-sided fight right there. <laughs> Hello? Hello. Okay, cool. Sorry, everything was <laughs> quiet. Yes, there was there was no comeback to that. Oh, cool. It, killing killing Gungans is fun. It is. And, and we wants. don't know what the DLC will be for Battlefront. So from one sort of hunt to another, Simon. 
<laughs> yes, I also played the beta for Rainbow Six Siege, and this will be a much shorter section because I was the only one who played it. I've seen a fair bit of it, though. Electrified barbed wire, you? Yeah, it looks painful. Uh, there's a lot that's painful in this game. Okay, so this is the new game in the Rainbow Six franchise. Uh, What's it called? Rainbow Six Siege. Is that the full name of the game, or is that just the, the game type? It, that's what it's called. Rainbow Six Siege. Cool, okay. It's not quite like other Rainbow Six games. It's completely multiplayer, uh, which is an interesting take. You know, there's no campaign mode or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it is based entirely around siege combat. And I, it's quite handy that we've talked about Battlefront first, because the way I've said uh, Rainbow Six Siege before to people is that it's the opposite of Battlefield. But it's also the opposite of Battlefront, in that it's not about 40 players on enormous maps and respawning immediately and just having these huge epic fights. It's about one building, one small elite team, room by room. Very close quarters, very intense. And when you're dead, you're, you're dead. dead. So as I understand it, there are certain uh, sections you have to complete throughout a siege, right? Um, not Well, there are two game modes, basically. Yeah, I, I there's mistakes, yeah. there's uh, multiplayer, which is mm. team versus team, competitive multiplayer. And in that, there are sort of objectives you capture and things. Um, but what I played mostly... And what seems to be everyone's favorite game mode is the terrorist hunt mode, which is some classic Rainbow Six action. And this is all co-op. Uh, you have a team of sort of four guys uh, versus a building full of AI terrorists, sort of 20 to 30 of them, depending on the size of the building. And, you know, after you've played the map a few times, you know the layout of the building really, really well. You don't know how the defenders have fortified it because there are uh, traps as we alluded to earlier barbed wire that they can throw down on the floor that rustles when you walk over it and hurts you slightly and slows you down there are barricades they can throw up in walls uh, in doors and windows they can put metal reinforcements up on dry walls so you can't just um breaching charge through them there's uh shields they can hide behind uh, to give them interesting lines of sight and choke points uh sticky bombs all sorts of ways they can trap the building. So you have to sort of scout it out, work out your strategy, all line up at your breaching points, set your charges, and it feels very much when you're doing the consulate level, which is the big sort of diplomatic building, it feels like doing the Iranian embassy siege. You know, everyone grapnels down the side of the building, places a breaching charge on their window of choice, swings back, detonates, and flies through the window gun firing. It's really, really intense. I loved it. <laughs> I've All I've seen is, I've seen some gameplay, I've seen some Let's Plays of it, and it looks incredibly fun. Yeah, the, um, so what I meant by phases earlier was, I, I, I'm guessing it's the um, players versus players um, match mm. type then, but they, they have a moment at the beginning, obviously to lay out the defences, but then the, the yes. people attacking have certain methods as well don't they that's the same phase uh yes there's a brief period of time at the start of a competitive match where as the defenders are going around putting up the barricades dropping the barbed wire you know doing their defenses the attackers can send in drones little uh 
they, they roll along the floor, very small, quite quiet, hard to spot, uh, with cameras. So they can scout out the location. Thing is, if they're spotted, the defenders can shoot the drones, can kill them. Uh, so you have to be a bit sneaksy with them. <laughs> and and if they're not spotted throughout the match, you can actually go back to the drone camera and get that point of view throughout the match, and which is quite can, handy. You can use some of the drones, which I think is amazing, which I saw on one of the Let's Play things. Is, there's a taser on one of them, so they yes. just use it to drive into them, tase them, then someone whips around a corner and shoots them in the face. That's a special character. Uh, this is the other thing I really like about Siege. Uh, you all start off as Recruit, who is a generic balaclavered special forces guy who has no particular special abilities. But you unlock different operators, is what they're called, but they're characters, unique characters. So only one person can play as each operator in a given game. And there are operators who are specialised for defence and operators who are specialised for assault. Mm. And uh, Twitch is the drone operator. Her special gadget is a taser-armed drone that she can send in and uh, shock people with and also use it to disable certain traps, like she can detonate uh, sticky bombs with it, which is quite handy. Uh, you've got IQ, who is... Um, her special ability is she has on her arm a scanner that picks up um, EM radiation so she can find electronics. So if you're looking at breaching through a particular wall, she can scan it first and say, I wouldn't bother. There's a lot of sticky bombs on the other side of that wall. Um, you've got guys with big riot shields who are really slow and only have a pistol, but they have a big fuck-off riot shield in front of them. So if they crouch down and you crouch down behind them, you can march down a corridor relatively safely. Mm. And then there's my favourite, Sledge. He has a <laughs> hammer. Why am I not yes. surprised that the Hammer Wielder is your favourite? I play Rainbow Six Siege in much the way I play Monaco. Yes. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I start at one end of the building, knock through the wall, go in, kill anyone in that room, knock through the wall, kill anyone in the next room, knock through the wall, kill anyone in the next room. When all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a terrorist wall. <laughs> Fucking right. So can you go through any wall with this hammer? No. No, it's actually really well done like that. There are drywall that you can knock through. Yeah. But you can't go through walls with, you know, metal skeletons yeah. or um, floors because they have, you know, the thick cross beams. But you can knock off the, the plaster on either side and create sight lines so you can see through them and shoot through them. And you can whack the floor with the sledgehammer and knock the floorboards out. And then you can, again, create sight lines vertically. That's very cool. And it is really awesome when you've got a team who are all set up watching a particular door they've chosen as a choke point. Yeah. And you've got someone with a breaching charge on that door. And you say, right, on my mark, sledgehammer the fuck out of the wall and chuck a grenade in. As they all turn and panic, they hit the breaching charge on the door and just take them all out in a crossfire. It's so good. Like one of the coolest things I saw was they actually managed to lure some of them into the perfect trap. Like one of them, I think, had a drone or something and was like making them follow it or something. But like I think three of them were chasing one of one of the other team, chasing them. And uh, this guy whips around the corner. They follow, and then there's just a flurry of fire as like 
Um, two of them are actually rappelling down the wall and are directly above them over the doorway. So as they walk through <laughs> into that particular room, they're just nailed completely and they didn't even know what hit them. Like, it's that kind of tactics that make that game look really cool. There's a lot of tactics you can go with on this. Um, there's uh, some of the Defender characters are kind of fun as well. I mean, some of them are quite basic, like uh, I've got body armor I can hand out to the team. Yeah, okay. Um, a guy who can put up reinforced barricades that you know are much tougher. But then there's uh, Pulse has a heartbeat sensor, which is like the um, equivalent of IQ. IQ can detect where the bombs are. Pulse can tell if there's a person on the other side of this wall. Uh, there's Mute, who has a jammer. No drones, no remotes, so you can't set off your breaching charges. Uh, smoke has a smoke bomb that you can just gas the fuck out of the attackers. That's kind of handy. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so there's a lot, because again, you don't know which operators you're facing in a competitive match, so your tactics have to change on the fly there as well. But it's it's the terrorist hunt mode that I really, really love. The sort of, there are 30 assholes in this building, let's get them. That's um, not, uh, that does sound awesome. I didn't realize that I've not even seen that gameplay type yet. So uh, that's practically all that. I played. It's so fun. If you've got a team of four, yeah, oh, convenient. Um, if you've got a team <laughs> of four uh, and you're working well together and you're all on voice chat coordinating, it's one of the the slickest feelings in the world. Going through on like realistic difficulty and making it out the other end. Uh, although mostly what happens if you play it on realistic difficulty is you will die a horrible, horrible death quite yeah. quickly. And <laughs> <laughs> blame each other. Yeah. And, oh, there's one thing I want them to balance is the suicide bombers. Oh. In Terrorist Hunt, there are guys with bomb vests oh, who dear. will just run up to you and detonate, and the explosions are huge. Oh, shit. I've seen them take out, like, entire rooms. A guy ran into... There's one where you're just hitting a suburban house, uh, you know, two-story in a basement. And there's a sort of kid's bedroom. A suicide bomber ran in there and went off, and just all the walls blew out, all the windows blew out, the floor blew out. Oh, <laughs> that room was Jesus. no longer there. Jesus Christ. Is there a specific wow. way you can take down a, a suicide bomber? Like, are they holding a trigger or something? Or? Uh, there's a couple of ways. One is headshots, uh, obviously. They, yeah. they will yeah. always be effective. The other is shoot the bomb vest. You can oh. detonate it. Uh, it's a little bit more dangerous because it's still a huge explosion. But if yeah. you get them in amongst their friends, I've taken out like five guys at once by blowing up a suicide bomber before he was ready to go off. Pop. <laughs> it's quite handy. Uh, was there any sniping? I, I really enjoy my sniping. Was there much sniping opportunity as it's quite close quarters? Now, there was no sniping in the beta. Um, but even like the, the raid on the house, they'd brought sort of, um, not quite cherry pickers, but you know those platforms that rise up on uh, just straight vertically, little carts uh, and they just go up. Scissor lifts, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They had those outside the buildings pointing at, you know, particular windows. So I think there might be a sniper operator in the full game because why else would they put perfect sniping locations? Yeah, see, I think that'd be really cool, like giving a sniper heads up on where they are, and then you've got one guy who just sits outside for the most of the match. Yes, um, and that can be really dangerous because they, they don't stay in the building. Yeah. They go outside and then try and rush you 
Yeah. So they'll try and catch you off guard by coming in through the windows themselves. Mm. Uh, so a sniper can be really handy to keep them from doing that. Oh, it'd be so cool. Be like, uh, second window on the left. Ah. Oh. Man, we've got to give this a go. Yeah, it's, it looks pretty slow. Pretty yeah, I, I've slow. already pre-ordered it. It's it's one of my absolutely going to buy. If it was the same state as the beta when they released it, I would be mildly disappointed, but I'd still play it. So I because I actually well, I because I, I you you mentioned it before and I was like oh I really want to give that a go like um, but I I couldn't actually get hold of it. Was there a particular way you had to go about getting it? There were, like many closed beaters, there were all sorts of ways. You could just apply and hope. There were a few competition giveaways. A few sites had a sort of first-come, first-served giveaway. Uh, okay, I just basically went on the thing, on the, the marketplace or whatever, and was like, oh, it's not there. <laughs> I thought it would be like the Battlefront one was there. No, know? this was a this was a grab-a-code-and-redeem-it kind of a thing. Ah, uh, well. Um, do, what's the release for, for it? Do we know? Uh, I think it's a November release it's oh, so also right around possible. battlefront as well <laughs> yeah it's possible there might be another beta between now and then see this is something that i've ah, uh, because oh, i realized the other day because i pre-ordered battlefront um a while back i also pre-ordered fallout 4 but then <laughs> yeah, when pre-ordering battlefront i was like shit ah no siege has moved to december 1st but there's still only two weeks between them. <laughs> I know. What am I going to do? Play a lot of video games this holiday season. Yeah. No. Get a PlayStation 4 and play video games with us. No. You don't play video games with anyone anyway. Because I've got no one to play with. <laughs> <laughs> you've got me. You've got, you've got Simon. That's true, I do. Simon, I've got you. And you have. I will play video games with you. Yeah. And guess who can't join in? <laughs> I'll just wait till Irish gets an Xbox One, right, man? Yeah, I've got man. an Xbox One. Oh, so actually, so more of us. Have a... Well, we'll have more Xbox Ones. That's excellent. I like how this is turning out. <laughs> I only use it for Rock Band, though. Have you played Rock Band yet? Yes. Let's talk about that. Good. That was excellent. <laughs> that was that was slick. Um, it's more of the same. Uh, with okay, it's just missing. It is different. It is uh, different in a slightly disappointing way so oh, far. The oh. character customization isn't as good. Uh, you currently can't use custom characters as your band stand-ins. Um, so there's some features limited compared to previous games. But in terms of the gameplay, it's Rock Band. Uh, they literally made it as a way that you could play your songs on the next generation consoles because that wasn't possible up until this point. Yeah. So it, it's very much more of the same in that sense. Uh, and the Doctor Watt costume that I always wore. Um, I don't know. I Doctor Watt costume was basically a Tom Maker coat and scarf. Oh. I don't think so. I haven't seen it in flicking through the oh. character customization. Uh, but hey, gameplay-wise, it's fine. The improvised solos are kind of a laugh, but there's not a lot in there that you won't be expecting if you've played Rock Band. Cool. Fair. If you like Rock Band, this is the game you like. <laughs> This is exactly the game you like, remember? <laughs> yeah, they've not done a lot of fancy with it. Fair enough. Oh, I'll, I'll probably give it. I don't think I mentioned to you guys, I think I've pre-ordered a Pip-Boy edition of Fallout 4. What? You mentioned, you mentioned it to me. But yes, I mentioned it to you. Around, yeah. I yeah. You did that. Um, no, I couldn't at the time. 
Okay. Uh, I, I was trying really hard on game, but the site was flaking out and crashing and dying. Uh, it's because we mentioned Rock Band 4 that I've remembered this. Okay. So I gave up. And when I went to game to order Rock Band, because I was like, I'll get it from game because it costs the same as everywhere else and it's a high price item, so lots of reward points. And I put it in my checkout and there in the basket was Fallout 4 Pip-Boy Edition. <clears throat> and it didn't say out of stock. Huh. And it didn't say unavailable. What it said was check out now. So I did. And they sent me an order confirmation. And just recently, they've announced it's back in stock. What? Not, not game, but Bethesda have announced that the Pip-Boy edition is back in stock. They must have got through their cancellation uh, list. And a few more have now become available. So out of nowhere, like months after it all went out of stock, I think I've ordered a Pip-Boy edition. I want one. I which console, Simon? PC. Oh, the best console. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that is true. I yeah, and just when I've put all, I sunk all of my money into Japanese yens. Oh yeah. Don't well, worry. You shouldn't have sunk all your money into Japanese yens because now you're under obligation to spend all of your money in one holiday. Oh, never mind. It's you. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to Akihabara. So when is it you're actually going? Monday. Oh no. <laughs> why? Why are you so why? disappointed? Why? Why? Oh no. Aren't you going to miss him? See, I turn it back on you now. What are you thinking about that? No, well, uh, I, I normally I, I, only get a chance to talk to Jack every two weeks anyway. That's 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 but I'll be free. Oh, will you? Well, I'm not here next week, and I'm not here the week after, which is when we'd be next recording. That's true. And then I've technically got the Monday after that off, but I am back in the UK then. But I'm gonna make an extensive effort to be here to record anyway. But here. Yeah. What <laughs> week after next? Yeah. Break into Jack's home. <laughs> I won't be I'll here. Just, I'll just borrow your microphone, man. Fair enough. I'll borrow your microphone and I will borrow Alex's laptop. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work it out. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. <laughs> oh, and next time, one of the things I want to talk about is Life is Strange. Because the final episode is coming out tomorrow as we record. And as you're listening to this, it's already out. And I've already played it. And it's already emotionally ruined me. (laughs) Oh. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. Can I ask quickly, what number episode is this? Five. Or, oh, do you mean of World War Stage? Sorry, of World War Stage Run. Yes. uh, the, The Life is Strange episode that's coming out is number five. The episode of... Uh, World One Stage One that is coming out is something that I am doing a very bad job of covering <laughs> for me looking up. It's no, it's episode eighty. This is episode, this right now is episode eighty. No, it's this not. right now is episode eighty. Oh, I thought we got to our um. Oh. What? Oh, I thought we were. Oh, never mind. We need to make plans, guys. For what? <laughs> for the big one. Episode 83. Yeah, Yeah, episode 83, man. (laughs) Episode 88, bro. Yeah, episode 88 will be really... Right, this is is the the episode 80, the 81st episode of World 1, Stage 1. Oh, yeah, because we had a zero. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Because I'm a oh, programmer, so I start lists at zero. You ruined it from the very beginning. Yes. Why did you uh... count Because I'm a programmer. Oh! oh I, 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 and lists been start there. at zero. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, are you guys going to be recording in two weeks' time? Hopefully. Cool. Well, uh, if you don't mind me... Oh, fuck it. Yeah, I am. I'm not going to mind you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, I just remember, I have to remind myself that it isn't just Jack's house. That's why I'm being polite. Nothing against you. I'm just saying. Yes, the thing about Life is Strange <laughs> is I know it's going to emotionally ruin me because it can go one of two ways. Either it lives up to the previous episodes and is a fitting conclusion to the story they've been telling, which will emotionally ruin me, or they'll fuck it up. And this story that I'm invested in will not end in a satisfactory way, which will emotionally ruin me. So I'm really looking forward to being a wreck tomorrow. Awesome. Nice. Um, so I will try and send in a message for next World 1 Stage 1 um, from the land where Wi-Fi is but a myth. Oh, could you send it to me? I think I should be the one to read it. I might try and record something. Message, if I can't, because wait, obviously... but does that make it more difficult to actually do the episode, Simon? Uh, technically, it makes it very difficult. Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll write something down, and because it's Japan, I'll fax it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the best best description of like I've been looking through blogs of like people living in Japan, and one of them was just like, the level of technology here is ridiculously low from what you'd expect it to be. Yeah. Uh, step one, like quick pop quiz question for you. When was the last time you used a fax machine? Bearing in mind that an acceptable answer is, what the fuck is a fax machine? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, I will try and get something, something in, so I will still be here in spirit, but I will be 10,000 miles away buying my weighted crab. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're just going to hock on that. I'm going to buy, I'm gonna buy uh, apple pie-flavoured moonshine. Holy shit, that yeah. sounds amazing. I'm going to have a great time. If I get arrested, you know, come for me. <laughs> Help. So this might be the last episode featuring Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it could well be. He might just want to stay and go and hide. They can't make him get on a plane, can they? You, you read Megatokyo back in the day, didn't you, Jack? What's Megatokyo? Something that I would have been sure you would have read. Oh, okay. I Is read it a webcomic? It. Yes. yes. Yes, I never read it. What's Tokyo? It's a webcomic. It is a webcomic that starts with a Westerner getting stranded in Japan, being forced to live there. Huh. Huh. And it is so weeb that I thought it was right up your street. Hey, <laughs> that's accurate. It's also the origin of Junpei. Oh, yeah. It is, yes. I'm not, I don't I'm know not what Junpei. that is, but it's fine. I'm proxy Junpei. Anyway, um, I will have many messages for you guys in episode 82. Good. The 83rd episode of World One Stage. Oh. Episode 82, so the 83rd 84th episode. Will be your return? No, I will return on the 82nd. So you're going it's to the 82nd. No, no, no. This is episode 80. Yeah. <laughs> episode 81, mm -hmm. I will be in the Nihon. Yeah. Episode 82, I will yeah. be back in the UK. And that is the 83rd episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Counting! It's fun. <laughs> Numbers! You're messing counting up. Yeah. I hit a cat. Yeah, that would cat. be my cat. 
Hi, cat. Yowl. Hi, cat. Yowl. I think my cat wants the episode to end. Okay, that's probably a good <laughs> idea. Well done, cat. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have been listening to World 1 Stage 1, right up to the limit imposed on me by my cat. I have been Simon. I have been Jack. I have been Irish. And I've been Rob, and we did it right. Good night. Night. If you're listening to us at night. Otherwise, goodbye. Bye. That's why I always say goodbye. I fucked it up. Say bye again. Bye. 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 (laughs) Oh, shit, no.